In today's show, we look at the 10 games from Wednesday, including an injury to Steph Curry. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack, JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's, not today's episode, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So there's 10 games for us to talk about. We're going to get into them. We'll just do it right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, some news updates. Wendell Carter Jr. and Sugg- Suggs, Jalen Suggs, it's better to give him his full name, are doing some work at Orlando Magic uh, practice. Not much, though. I would rule them out for the rest of this week. Maybe they're back next week. Gaz Harris, I would also expect not to be back this week. And then we'll really start to see rotational decisions need to be made. We'll talk more about the Magic for their game later on. For Phoenix, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Well, Cameron Payne was questionable. He's actually been ruled out. But Booker and Ayton are both questionable. Ayton didn't practice. Booker did. So let's watch that. If Ayton is out, Biombo is the stream. If Booker is out, it looks like Shamit is the stream. With Payne out, you're going to probably get more minutes for someone like a Josh Kogi and more minutes for Chris Paul in the starting lineup. Jimmy Butler sat out today for a back-to-back. He'll play tomorrow. The Heat have one more back-to-back on the, I think it's like New Year's Eve, and they don't play a single back-to-back in January. So the plan is for Butler to miss one of those games across New Year's Eve, and then assuming there's no other setbacks, he doesn't miss back-to-backs for the rest of the season. Now, with Jimmy Butler, assuming there's no further injuries is a ludicrous assumption. It's just not going to happen. But that is the current plan for him. He will miss the next lot of back-to-backs, which is end of December, and then they don't have one in January at all. So that is... Oh, Obi's not a big fan of the Jimmy Butler management plan, but that is what they are planning to do. We'll talk more about the Heat in today's show when we get to that game. Gordon Haywood is set to return on Friday. I do think that Gordon Haywood is a 12-team ad. You don't find potential top 100 players sitting on the waiver wire very often. And if he is on the waiver wire, go and add him now. He's ahead of scheduling his return. It'd probably be a little bit iffy early on, and he might be bad. But I think he's got to take that chance, add him, and then see where it goes. And DeLon Wright could also return on the upcoming road trip. They play um, on the road, the Wizards, until the middle of next week. And both him and Rui Hachimura have the potential of returning during that road trip. So be aware of that, especially DeLon for deeper leagues. We'll talk about the other new stuff as we go through these games. But there's been a couple of people, one guy in particular, who in the comments every day on the video is like, oh, dark mode, dark mode. So I found sort of a way to get the box scores in dark mode. But I want people's feedback if you are watching a video. Otherwise, I'll go back to the white screen. So we've got dark mode box scores. Prepare yourself. Get ready for it. And let me know your feedback on it. Oh, it's exciting. We're going to do the dark mode reveal. First game. The Hawks. The Magic. There it is. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. But we're recording the whole show in dark mode today. And we'll see how it goes. The Magic win at 135-125. 124, sorry. Magic dropped like over 50 points in the first quarter. And then scored 50 in the next two combined. It was a weird game. The Hawks are shit house. Yes, they are missing players. 
but they shouldn't lose this game. Trey Young returned, played 39 minutes, had 19 points, 40% shooting, but did have 16 assists. He's still nowhere near where he needs to be, and it's disappointing. They did decide to start AJ Griffin again, 27 minutes with 15 points and three threes. That's fine. It's a streamer for points and threes. If you want to make moves to grab Gordon Haywood or one of the other names that's going to come up in this show, I get it. Um, we'll talk about him in a second. Don't worry. Clint Capella, 22 minutes, 16 and six for uh, the big fella. Lisa needs braces. But he left this game early with a calf injury. Um, and we got a, we got this great like update from Nate McMillan. He said Clint came out in that fourth quarter. He had tightness in his calf and he had to be removed from the game. Like, no shit, dickhead. That's what it says when your team releases will not return, doubtful return, calf tightness. That doesn't tell us anything. So, look, lucky we got that update of nothingness. But... This is the opposite calf to the Achilles soreness that he had last game. So at least it's not a flare-up of that. But if you want to grab a Kongwu just in case, it makes sense. Bogdanovich was inefficient, but still had 31 minutes and 17 points. He is a 12-team league guy who's getting a ton of shots. It will reduce when Murray, well, let's say when Collins returns. They don't care to give Collins any shots at all. But when Murray returns, and let's talk about it. Because again, on the surface, we look at this and go, wow, DeAndre Hunter, Josh, he proved you wrong. 25 points in 38 minutes. Yeah, he's not that bad. Okay. Now, and look, in all seriousness, this is a really good performance. 25 points, six rebounds, three assists, four triples, nine of 10 from the line. There's no way it happens again. And it also is a ridiculously misleading game because he had 20 points in one quarter. He had 20 points in the second quarter and five for the rest of the game. Like what? So yes, all in all, and it all counts. Don't get me wrong. It all counts. I am not rushing to add DeAndre Hunter because of this game. Good minutes, good overall production, one crazy hot quarter, and, and that's it. Still no defensive stats, still poor shooting. The 9 of 10 from the line is good, though. It's great. I don't expect him to get to the line 10 times. But Jalen Johnson started nine points in 19 minutes. He blocked four shots, didn't have any foul trouble. They just played him reserve minutes, and that's going to be a theme today. Starters who played reserve minutes, just to confuse us. For the Magic... What I said with the Orlando Magic the other day was, I think it is going to be a consistent mind... Should I say the word? Yeah, it's a mindfuck with what they do with the point guards. 32 minutes for Markel Fultz here. Last game, remember how bad he was? Well, he played 32 here. 16, 7, and 9, four steals and a block and turned in one of the best lines of the day. And I said, some games, you're going to have big Cole Anthony games. Some days, you're going to have big Markel Fultz games. Someday, eventually, in the future, when we're all living under unicorn horns, um, Jalen Suggs will be able to put up good games. But being able to predict that game by game feels bloody impossible. Now, I still like Fultz more than Anthony, and I believe that's what I said. But it was really hard to consider these guys, any of them, must roster players. Like, for example, Anthony had 13, 5, and 6. But no threes, no steals, no blocks, and 43% shooting. That's still good enough. And you can have any of them in 12-10 leagues. I also think if you want to drop them, it's also fine. Now, you're never going to drop Fultz after this game. But he could have 8, 1, and 3 in the next game really easily. And this is the problem. And when that was the question I was asked when these guys were returning, and I said, oh, I think it's the thing I'm least sure about about anything. The three point guards are going to go back and forth on them the whole time. There's going to be ups and downs, and it has played out like that. It doesn't really help you if, if nobody knows how it's going to work. But the fact that we know that nobody knows is, is something, I guess. Paulo had 20 points in 34 minutes, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. Shot poorly, but was good from the line. So that's, we'll take that as a win. And Bol Bol, 27 minutes. 21-7 and seven for Bol. Steal, a block, three threes. One of his best games 
um, in the recent couple of weeks. Still continuing to produce really strong value. I still do believe that he is a long-term sell high, but we're not going to see the impact of that until Suggs, Carter, and Harris return. But this was really, really good from him. Mo Wagner, and much like the point guards, now the centers are going to do this to me. Mo Wagner last game was outplayed by Mo Bamba, so in this one he played 30 and Bamba played 17. Mo had 17 and 5, 78% shooting. Probably is a 12-team league guy, but my confidence level is just in, on the absolute floor. And Bumba had 11 and 7 with two blocks and two threes in 18 minutes. You hate the 18 minutes, but you love that line. So I don't, again, I don't know what to make of it. I'll lean a little bit more towards the starter in both cases, Fultz and Wagner. But I don't feel really good about that at all on a game-by-game basis. It just could be all over the shop. And in fact, it probably will be. Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and your security online, but it can also help you see more movies and more shows because you, movie expert, has gone through everything on Netflix. You've run through Netflix, just absolutely worn it out. So you're looking, where where do I get my next thing? What's the next thing? You got any more of those prestige dramas? Well, on ExpressVPN, you can log into Australian Netflix and we've got Rick and Morty here. I didn't even know that, but apparently we do. Australian Netflix has Rick and Morty. So you can change your location on ExpressVPN to say, you are living in Australia with me, fighting kangaroos on our way to the supermarket. And you get to watch Rick and Morty. It's a fair trade-off, I'd say. It's not just Netflix, though. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, that's true. But the reason that you should use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. Works on all your devices as well. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on. Expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. Holiday season is approaching. You hang out with a few friends, putting back a few bevies, a few froffies. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. Ah, big deal. You lose your license. You lose your job. You, you total your car. You, you kill someone. Acting. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone or anyone, really, from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's go to the next game. And this is where the big stuff went down. The Golden State Warriors got, let's be honest, beaten embarrassingly by the Pacers again. 125-119. But in the end, do we actually care about the result? Is that the big issue here? Because Stephen Curry, who was carrying hard, suffered what looked like a... I'm going to say it's an outrageously serious injury, but who bloody knows? It didn't look good. He got popped by Jalen Smith on a screen. It was his non-shooting arm, his left left shoulder. Um, but you, you're going to be... I'm going to be surprised if there's not missed time here. I don't know what the injury is. They'll get an MRI tomorrow. You would imagine there was some sort of subluxation, which is like a dislocation. The shoulder may have popped out. Maybe there's AC joint damage. You hope there's no fracture or ligament tears or anything along those lines. But that's really what we want to pay attention to. Steph, shoulder injury, not good. Um, they're having to play him so many minutes and get him to do so many things that the risk of these injuries are always, he's always going to creep up. Obviously, this is it just happens. But that is what happens when you have to play so much. 
He was great. 38, 7 and 7, two steals and a block. And he'd been a little bit down prior to this game. So this is great to see. We just don't know what it means now for the future. Yes, this game was without Clay Thompson. It was without Andrew Wiggins. So we got big minutes from the big ragu. Dante DiVincenzo, 38 minutes. Now, the obvious thing is when Steph goes out, Jordan Poole will start. But remember, one of the big things in injuries is who replaces the replacement. And it's going to be DiVincenzo. So I think he can play maybe 27 minutes a night while Steph is out. Basically play the Jordan Poole role. It'll give deeper leagues a shot at someone like, um, I, haven't done, I haven't done this sound for a while, someone like Moses Moody. When you look at Moody Moody, 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 Moses Moody. And let's be very clear here. Hey, by the way, DiVincenzo plus 19 while this team got beaten, right? No one else was a positive apart from a couple of guys. No one else was double-digit positive. Um, you might add DiVincenzo now, which I think is a solid move, and Curry might miss zero games. And sometimes that's the risk you got to take. And you go, ugh, burnt an ad, right? Burnt an ad. It was the same thing when Walker Kessler started. That game went, all right, add him. Who knows what happens? Same thing when Ja Morant was week to week. You added Tyus Jones and then he missed one game. You go, ugh. All right. I don't know how long Steph's going to be out. I don't. But if you wait to hear a diagnosis on Steph, wait till tomorrow, you're probably going to miss out on Dante. I'd rather add now. It's why you have a streaming spot. It's why you know who your worst player is. Shout out to Lonnie Walker or Dennis Schroeder, one of those guys. Harrison Barnes. Those guys sitting at the back end of your roster. Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin. These guys sitting at the back end of your roster so that they can easily be expended to grab an opportunity like this that might turn into nothing very easily. We have no certainties in fantasy. There's no certainties in really anything. All right, but you take that opportunity when it presents. And that's why I think adding DiVincenzo, who was 15, 8, and 3 with three threes, didn't even shoot well to get that line. Yeah, there's enough value there to grab him. Poole had 20 points on 36%, which is rough. While they started, Kevon Looney, Johnny Kaminga started the second half. Nine and eight, a steal, two blocks, but 31% shooting. His field goals had been really up recently. This was disappointing. I think when Wiggins comes back, there's no real point holding him. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Draymond had one, two, three. The old counting line. One point, two rebounds, three assists, got ejected. Never plays well when something happens to Steph, it appears like. And uh, there was no Wiggins or Clay as well. Good win for the Pacers. Shocking loss for the Warriors, who just cannot, um, cannot do anything, really. Sitting on the, like, they just can't do anything when they're on the road. That's what I was trying to say. We go to the rest of this game, the Pacers side of things. Halliburton was bad last game, but he was great here. 29, 4, and 6, one steal, two blocks, great percentages, five threes, awesome bounce back. While Miles Turner had 21, his block rate is down recently, Miles, so just be aware of that. Only had one here, only had two rebounds, but he did hit two threes, and his value is tapering a little bit. While Buddy Heald was solid enough with 17 points. Aaron Neesmith was really good last game. Two steals, three blocks, I believe he had. He ended up with one block on 29% shooting. It was worth a look to see whether you get a some value, probably as more 14-team league guy or as a deep 12. But I've got, I've got no, under no illusions that he's going to remain a 12-team league guy. This is a rough game. Well, I think, again, we should have done this weeks ago, and I think most of you did. Jalen Smith. Stand by your man. Get that garbage out of here. Now, we did have three blocks, but 16-minute backup center with you know, 4.6 rebounds. Look, I don't see why we want to hold on to that. As for Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin, he had also been struggling. But 24 points on 57% shooting is great. He added four threes. He shot them at 57%. Remember on the buy low, sell high show, I said he's shooting 12% from three, and that is going to come up. So now he shot 57%. This happens in the NBA so often. Like you go from extreme shitness 
to unbelievable highness and you go up and down and up and down. Is he a must roster 12 team league guy? I don't think so. I still think that he is a stashable guy who's going to hurt you more than help you most of the time until we get into about another six weeks. But that is totally up to you and where you sit with your team and how willing you are to absorb the badness that will come. Speaking of badness, Nembhard had eight points in 31 minutes, three rebounds, three assists. Not a great game. Didn't hit a three. I think he is a softish hold, but I also don't think that the upside is there to be massive if Halliburton is in. So if you do want to move on, like if you want to say, hey, I'd rather sit on Matherin, I get it. If you want to say, hey, let's take a flyer on DiVincenzo, that's the perfect guy to drop to go and grab someone like that in that situation, I believe. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Master Chefs at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, you got to try this. Bilt Bar's new reimagined flavors. They're topping everyone. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie topper, coconut brownie bar, and white chocolate peppermint granola. They are the new flavors that are out. Do any of those sound appealing to you? They all should. They sound bloody brilliant. But what is also appealing is that how shockingly low in sugar these are and shockingly low in calories, like 130 calories a bar. So if you're just looking for a healthy snack or something to chew down on after you've been to the gym and want to get that protein straight down your mouth, Built Bar is the bar for you. They're revolutionizing nutrition. Can you believe that? The best tasting protein bars also revolutionizing nutrition. It is an uncommon combination. So go to built.com. You get 15% off your order by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Built Bar, they've got that, that dog in them, <laughs> I guess. All right, the next game. Far out, we're running long. The Detroit Pistons. The Charlotte Hornets, this one went to overtime. The Pistons win at 141-134. Let's start with a couple of sound drops. Alec Burke. 27 points in 26 minutes for Alec Burks. Four triples. It's not real. Like 67% shooting from the three and from the field. The 26 minutes might be real. 27 usage might be real. That shooting is not. Is he still at least a worthwhile look in a 14-team league? Yeah. Is he a solid stream guy on low volume 12 days? Probably, yeah. But I wouldn't say he's a must roster. It's also big minutes for Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Um, Alf played 41 minutes. 19 and 11, two threes and two blocks. Now, prior to this, he'd really been struggling along. He's a 12-team league guy, I think, with limited upside. But this was big. Now, did he get these big minutes because someone like the depressed penis sucked? Yeah. He was bad, babe. Five points in 18 minutes. Maybe he had that little run about three or four games ago where he pushed up 30 minutes and I was a little bit skeptical of it. Well, I'm not skeptical anymore. See you later. Bye. Jack off right now. Get that garbage out of here! In saying that, Sadiq Bay will be better than this. Not, I'm not looking at him though as a consistent 30-minute-a-night player, but also not a consistent 18-minute-a-night player. Marvin Bagley got hurt. You can obviously drop him, I think. I hope, I hope you understand that. I don't know if there's any severity to the knee. It was listed as soreness, but he's a backup. Jalen Duran's the future. Jalen Duran's the present. And Duran played 36 minutes. Now, Duran hadn't got to 30 minutes until Bagley got hurt. Seven points only on 25%, which for a center, yeah, shout out pressure to Chua. That's pretty hard to do. 19 boards and three blocks is great. He did get a couple of those blocks really late. He, he is a 12-team league guy. I don't know that we believe 36 minutes a night. I think that solely came because of Bagley's injury. And if Bagley was healthy these dickheads would still force 21, 22 minutes into him, limiting what Duran can do. But 
with the injury to Bagley, they were forced to play their best option. And I think he responded pretty well. My faith in the Pistons and Dwayne Casey is limited, but grab him and let's see what happens. Jaden Ivey, eh, like 13, 3, and 4. No defensive stats, no threes. It's why I'm not massively high on him. While Killian Hayes, I am decently high. Now, four of, four of um, sorry, 40% from the line is dreadful. But 25, 7, and 8, he's a 12-team league guy. So if Hayes and Duran are on your wire, they are worth adding. Rough night or roughish night from Boyan Bogdanovich, 24 points, but no defensive stats and only 42% shooting. It's not bad. Like 24 points is great. But in the past, he's been a points and nothing else sort of player. And that's what he brought us here. Well, uh, Kevin Knox dropped in 17 in 19 minutes. Be interesting to see what they do with Knox versus Livers when Livers does return. But the Hornets, well, we got Lamelo Ball back, which is great. All right, awesome to get him back. Back in action, this one. Ball, 34 minutes, 23 points, 11 assists, 50% shooting. So much for a minutes restriction. That was great. And they predictably moved Jalen McDaniels to the bench. But when they did that, they went with a really, really short rotation. We only got like a nine-man rotation, and we had six guys play over 34 minutes, which is not something you usually get. Yes, overtime helped. 21 minutes, or 21 points for McDaniels in 35 minutes. Six rebounds are still in a block on 78% shooting. That is the key there. This is just your massive sell high. I thought he's going to be a drop. And obviously that looks stupid, scoring 21 points. But he took nine shots. That's a usage of 12. It took overtime to get here and him shooting 78%. And overtime and 78% shooting are not things that are going to happen. Will he play 35 minutes every night? No, because Gordon Hayward's going to be back next game. Sell him for any, any top 100 player. Any of them. I don't care who it is. Any of them. Ubre played 40 minutes. Again, overtime helps. Why they want him to be the number one offensive guy is staggering to me. 30 usage. He had 28 and 8 with three steals and a block. He shot 37%. He was 60 from the line. This is stealth tanking, yeah? Like, I don't... I misread it completely. I thought Steve Clifford would look at Kelly, but man, this guy is a, a jack, a shot jacker, a shot chucker who never passes and doesn't defend. And Clifford's gone, yeah, my guy. Yep, you're the man. Do whatever you want. Which, like, are you okay, Steve Clifford? Like, that's not what you've ever done ever in the past. And I got that wrong pretty clearly. What happens with Ubre when Haywood returns will be a big question still. The sell high is absolutely massively open, like Kelly's beautiful big blue eyes. But, you know, how far does he drop? because he's exceeded all my expectations so far. I'm still not confident in it, but he's doing it, isn't he? The Cockroach played 34 minutes, Mason Plumley, 12 and 18, didn't block a shot, but just solid, solid production. Well, Paul Washington had uh, an interesting game. 29% shooting for a power forward is dreadful. 13 and five for counting stats is okay, but two steals and two blocks sort of rescues it, doesn't it? He's been all over the shop. I still think he's a 12-team hold, while Terry Rogier... 42 minutes, 25 points. Unfortunately, the mellow ball returning cut his assist down to two, but also cut his field goal percentage down to 29% after he'd been rolling. Now, the theory generally would go, well, Lamelo's back and the assist will drop, tick. Um, field goal percentage will go up. Uh, no, it didn't. So we hope that he continues to improve, but this was not a particularly good game. Kai Jones somehow stayed in the rotation, got zero minutes, while Bryce McGowans was the guy who was taken out of that rotation. Let's go to the next one. The Kings pull off the win by one point over the Raptors on the road, 124-123, after Mike Brown was ejected for uh, complaining about the refereeing. His teammates, or his teammates, his team got behind him and rallied and said they, yeah, they were doing it for Mike. Good for them. Sabonis played 40 minutes, 21-20-7. and 7. 
77% shooting. That is just a fantastic performance from Sabonis, who has been up and down, but over the last couple of weeks, mostly up, which is great after a rocky start. And I think we can ignore or throw away the De'Aaron Fox foot issue. 41 minutes on a back-to-back. 27, 6, and 10 with four threes. Yes, the shooting is still bad. 39% from the field and 71 from the line. I think we have to understand that that might be an ongoing issue. But the minutes are huge. There was no Kevin Herter, so they did start Terrence Davis, and he was pretty good. 19 points with five threes in 25 minutes. Keep an eye on that if Herter misses more time. I don't think it's anything to be too worried about there, though. Um, And then Malik Monk. We've seen Monk step it up now with Herter out, and he loves playing with Fox. 24 points, three rebounds, three assists, and five threes. He had been struggling prior to this, but I do still think he's a 12-team league guy. While it was another disappointing night from Keegan Murray. 10 points. The 32 minutes is good, but 10 points, 33% shooting, no assists, four rebounds. Is it good enough to hold? Much like with Jaden Ivey and with Benedict Matherin, it's the same thing. Like It's not good enough to be a 12-team league guy on the numbers alone. It's a wait-and-see situation that you may be hoping gets better over the next two months, but can you afford that? That's the question you've got to ask. Davion Mitchell really stunk here, just 12 minutes. He has, uh, I would say that most people would look at him and go, yeah, I don't know if you're a starting player in the NBA anymore. Um, a lot of people were fired up about him last season. He has uh, had a really poor second season, I think is, is uh, would be accurate to say that. The Raptors, they were without Ojananobi. They made a change to their lineup. They put Thad Young in instead of Christian Coloco. Young played 28 minutes and had six points. And I thought Boucher would do more, but this is the problem with Boucher. Like We like the opportunity. We see someone out and go, all right, let's try it. But as I have mentioned a million times, when you've just got so many guys that you can play in the same role, Hernan Gomez and Birch and Young and Banton even and Coloco and Boucher, that if there's something that Nurse doesn't like, your minutes are going to be all over the place. And the same goes with Thad Young, who started and played 28 minutes, but he had 9% usage. He might not play, he might not start next game. He might not play, he might play 22 minutes. It's so hard to have any level of trust in these guys. Good game from Fred Van Vliet. I'd say that slams the buy low window. 39, 8, and 5, four steals and a block. Great game from Scotland Barnes, who was on the buy low show the other day. 27, 7, and 10. Good shooting, 63%, and 83 from the line. Just fantastic performances from both of those guys. While Siakam struggled, 19, 4, and 6, and he was bad from both percentages. And it was an absolute stinking game from Gary Trent. Nice, Gary! 25 minutes only, 11 points. He standard one rebound, one assist. And if you're not getting steals, Gaz, you're no good to anybody. He shot 56%, but he just wasn't good enough. I think he's a hold while OG is out. I don't think he's going to be long-term, though. Juancho Hernan Gomez played 24 useless minutes. He had five points in 24 minutes. And this team desperately needs a guard who can shoot and someone who can dribble because they don't have enough of them. And that is on management. Let's go to the next game. It was the Chicago Bulls losing another one. Al against the New York Knickerbockers. This one went to overtime, 128-120. Jalen Brunson, who had a foot injury coming into this game, played, of course, 39 minutes. 30 points with seven assists on 52%, so that's great. But somehow, we still got 35 minutes out of Emmanuel quickly. Nine points for quickly, that's shithouse. But he had four steals. He had four assists. He's not a 12-team league guy. Quentin Grimes is maybe. I think he might be. 14 points, four threes, 37 minutes. A steal, a block, 63% shooting. The usage is still low, really low. So that leaves him really on the borderline. But it's another strong game. 
And he's top 70 over the last week. Ron Barrett's on a little strong stretch. 22-6-2, 47% hit his free throws. He's also top 50 over the last week. Might be a sell high, but he is looking a bit better. And the double royal, Julius Randle. Um, 46 minutes. 33, 31, 13, and 7. No defensive stats, poor field goals, but just gigantic volume. He's the 11th ranked player over the last week. He's a gigantic sell high, but he's racking up big numbers, huge numbers, in fact. For the Bulls, DeRozan was solid, 32 points, 40 minutes. But everyone else is just like, I don't know, they're just not that good. Two blocks for DeRozan is also a nice surprise, while Vooch had 19, 7, and 5. It's Boots of Bitch. And remember when um, Billy Donovan said, no, Javante Green's our starter. And then, no, when Javante comes back from injury, he's going to be our starter. Well, Javante played 10 minutes and Patrick Williams played 40. So, you know, coaches lying is always great for us trying to project what's going to happen. Williams had 11, 2, and 5 with a steal and a block, which is a totally okay game. And the fact that it is totally okay means they'll probably stick starting him. So that plan of Javante starting is likely out the window which is frustrating for us trying to figure out where the value lies. I wouldn't add Pat Williams in 12-team leagues. wouldn't look at that at all. But you know the, the confusion still remains in terms of how the roles are being distributed. Zachy Levine had 25, 5, and 3, which feels like the most Zach Levine line ever. He got to the line only once, but took 23 shots. That is a ton. And Caruso did Caruso things. Five assists and three steals. And he can't score at all. He had four points. But 32 minutes and assists and steals, if you need them, in category leagues, not in points leagues. If you need them in category leagues, there's enough value with a locked-in role there. Now, with both Desumu out and um, Lonzo, I'll talk about in a second, Kobe White played 27 minutes, 28 minutes actually, 12-4-2 with two threes. Good game from him. He's playing a little bit better, moving into 14-16 to 16 team league value. As for Lonzo, the report from Woj today, it's seeming, or there is you know, no no real optimism or something along those lines that um, that Lonzo Ball is going to play this season or you know, the expectation, or something along those lines, right? You can go ahead and... I've said this weeks ago. You can go ahead and drop him. He's not coming back before February at the very earliest. Yeah, you might get some sort of optimistic report at some point, but he's still in pain. I think we just write this season off, really. Um, and it's just burning an absolute hole in your waiver wire or your injured reserve slot. I, I, don't, I don't think he's playing. It's Everything is... All the words sound really ominous in leading towards him not playing this season. And I think that should be your expectation with Lonzo Ball here. Let's do the next one. The Miami Heat eke out a win over the Thunder, 110-108. Tyler Hero played 40 minutes in this one. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Hit a game winner, 35 points, 9 threes. No defensive stats, but 52% shooting is great. While Adebayo took a step back. Remember, we're watching, where's the usage there? Well, he took 13 shot attempts. Two heroes, 23. But 15 and 13 is still really good. And Lowry had 14, 3, and 6 in his minutes. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Remember the guys we were looking at as streaming options? Max Struess, 10 points in 18 minutes, replacing Jimmy Butler. They play Thursday, Saturday, so he's worth a hold there. But otherwise, no way he's a 12-team league guy. No way. Caleb Barton, 3, 4, and 5 in 34 minutes on 17%. He probably still can be a 12-team league guy. But his upside to me is just so, so small that when you are looking, again, put him in the mix of names. Do I drop him to add or try a Jalen Duran or to try um, a Dante DiVincenzo? Then yeah, you get rid of him. 
But the big surprise or the big, the positive surprise is Victor Oladipo. 31 minutes. I don't think that he'll play tomorrow on the back-to-back, but 31 minutes, 12-4-3 with three steals. Now, of course, the caveat is Jimmy Butler was out, Gabe Vincent also out. But with Struess looking like this, Oladipo looking better, I don't think he's a 12-team league ad. Like, I'm not saying that. I think in deeper formats, I think I had him as a 16-team league ad on the waiver wire show today. I might even lean 14. I'm not doing 12, but this was highly, highly encouraging. I'd like to see it a couple more times, though. We also had you know, 23 minutes of Duncan Robinson having 14 points with four threes, which is something that we really haven't seen him do at all. For the Thunder, Shea, 27, 8, and 7, 50% shooting, another great game. While Giddy played 36 minutes, his hot shooting continues, 60%. 19, 11, and 7. Bit of a sell high for Giddy with this hot shooting, but at least we're getting the consistent minutes. And, all right, let's let's do it. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. I think he's got to be rostered. Jeremiah Robinson Earl's out for a fair bit of time here. Jalen Williams is just establishing himself as probably this team's third best player. 14, 5, and 2, two blocks and two threes. He's going to be up and down. I think he's got more value than Jaden Ivey at the moment, though, in category leagues at least. It's still going to be an, an, an iffy... Rocky up and down period, but every game we just get a little bit better, and I think he should be rostered. Lou Dort had a really good first half, but only ended with 18, 3, and 4. And Baisley started with Robinson Earl out, not Poku. Well, actually, let's talk Poku now. I'm going to just say one thing about Poku. Get that garbage out of here! Can't deal with this shit. Eight minutes, zero points. See you later. Baisley had 12 and 5, a steal and a block. I wouldn't add Baisley, but that is really an encouraging line. So we watch it. We see what happens next game. Does he start and play 30 minutes again? Does he get 12 and 5 with a block or two blocks? He's had multiple block games multiple times this season. That always has value. So let's see what his role is. Just keep an eye on him. We also got Aaron Wiggins, who goes from zero minutes to 25 all the time. He had three steals, we go. Didn't miss a shot. He's only a deeper league guy. But when he plays, there's always a little bit of something there from Aaron Wiggins. The next game, the Portland Trailblazers get a comfortable win over the San Antonio Spurs, 128-112. Lillard, again, brilliant. 37-5-8, seven threes, two steals. Number one player over the last week. He's killing it. Had him first round. Uh, I think he's going to get back there. In fact, he's already the 10th-ranked player, so yeah, he's already back there. And what is encouraging is to see Anthony Simons. Yes, it's against the Spurs, but 23 points on 60% shooting with Lillard there. And Grant had 18-4-2, and two, a steal and a block on 54%. So good games from those guys. Simons has been struggling. He's 126th over the last week including today. And just, we have to understand that I don't think he's going to remain a top 50 guy when Lillard is healthy. Top 70, 80, possible, yeah. Josh the Hitman Hart struggled. Five points, 10 rebounds, three assists on 29% shooting. I, I still remain, I still think he remains a 12-team league guy. I wouldn't panic too much there. Well, Justice Winslow played 30 minutes last game and there were some people overreacting to that a little bit, but he had two points in 15 minutes. He's pretty clearly a 12 and probably a 14-team league drop. For the Spurs, they continue to do this dick thing where they're bringing Devin Vassell and Jeremy Sohan off the bench. For what reason, I have no idea. Only 26 minutes for Vassell. It is very clear in my mind that he is their best player. 13, 2, and 4, three steals and a block. Now, he shot horribly. 25% is terrible. Um, it's, and it's frustrating. There might be a huge buy-low opportunity here for Vassell. I think there could be. Charles Bassey started. Goldfinger played 20 minutes, had foul trouble. 6 and 5 with two blocks. Now, I don't know if Collins is going to play next game. Pirtle will probably be back some point next week. If you want, like Bassey can be streamed for sure. But when you're talking longer term, guys like Duran and Kessler as centers, or even a Kongwu with the injury to Kapala, which we don't know how serious it is. But they're guys I'd prefer over Bassey. 
Josh Richardson started, only played bench minutes, 11-2-0 with four steals. And Keita Bates-Jopp started over Sohan and had 13-4 with two steals. Good steal numbers, but they're only deeper league streamers. As for Calden Johnson, well, you're 25-7 on 63%. Fantastic, mate. Well done. And then he goes four of eight from the line and just kills you in that area. He still obviously is a 12-team league guy, but you just got to accept there's going to be so many hits that you take from him. He's going to get better in areas, but will he put it all together in this role that really is outsized for him? I don't know. Trey Jones, 10-4, six assists. Not his best game. He had been playing well, but this one was a little bit below par for Trey Jones. All right, next game, the Cavs and the Dallas Mavericks. Cleveland wins it on the road, 105-90. Donovan Mitchell, another huge, huge game. 34-3-4, six triples and a steal. And I think he's a massive sell high because I just... Look at this shooting. 64% from two, 67% from three, 65% overall. There's just no way. He's been great for like 25 games already this season. I fully admit that. Finding someone to, to shoot at this level for that long, or sorry, for another 50 games, seems impossible to me. If you can't pull off a good salad, just roll with him. He's really good. But there's, it feels like there's going to have to be a drop. Darius Garland, well, that's the opposite. It's a massive buy low. He is getting absolutely eaten by Mitchell. 12, 2, and 6, shooting poorly. I think his eyes really getting cooked. Only 18 usage as well. Really, really bad. Now, we were a little bit down on both Garland and Mitchell in the preseason. Had them as like third to fourth round guys. Mitchell has obviously blown that through. And Garland, yeah, that's sort of where he is after a strong finish last season. Evan Mobley, 14-7-6. That's a good game. And Allen had 14-6-2. But it was also a great game from Lamar Stevens. Do I care? Not really. But 18-11 and 11 in 38 minutes is good. Because I just don't see how Lamar Stevens has any sort of reliability to do that. But what he did was play 38 minutes. And that's really important with the injuries to Wade. Or the injury to Wade. Uh, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Yeah, we knew the last game was a little fluky. So he had 11-3-3 with no defensive stats, no threes, and 40 from the field and 50 from the line. A typical Karis Levert turdberger. He is not a 12-team league player. Kevin Love also isn't. He did have nine, nine rebounds, though, but he's not a 12-team league guy. For the Mavericks, Doncic did his thing. 35-6, and six, a steal, a block. 39 from the field's rough, but nine of or 10 of 11 from the line is really good. And they made a change in the second half. They benched Dorian Finney-Smith, who, let's be honest, has been bad all season. And they started Reggie Bullock, who, after being bad all season, is actually shooting the lights out over the last you know, 10 games or so. 36 minutes for Bullock, 12 points with three threes. He's not an ad in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues, but he at least moves into the three-point streaming territory. They also started Christian Wood over Dwight Powell in the second half. 35 minutes for the Woodsman, 20 and 7 with four threes. Does this mean it will happen every game? I wouldn't hold my breath, but it's a step in the right direction. Dinwiddie had 10 points, which is yuck, but he had seven assists. Well, Tim Hardaway, oh my God, this guy. 31 minutes, three points on 20% shooting. Just every three-point shooter, the same. AJ Griffin, Malik Beasley, um, every dickhead like this. Don't do anything apart from hit points and threes and have hot streaks and cold streaks. If you want to drop him, I honestly don't care. The minutes are encouraging, but if you want to keep him, do it as well. Like you can't predict what this guy is going to do on a night-by-night basis. And despite all of the heroics that he's had. He's not a top 200 player this season and he's 269th over the last week. That's Drop him. Go ahead. Add him if he gets hot. Try and guess the next time he's going to go well. You've got no, no idea. You've got no hope of doing it. It's going to happen some games and other games it won't or it might not happen for four games or it might happen for four games in a row. 
That is the problem with these sort of players, is trying to figure out what the hell you do with them. And if they burn a roster spot on your team, you're better off just taking flies. Like, who's the next guy I'm going to try? Like, Lamar Stevens. Like, who's the next guy I'm going to try for threes? I'll find someone to stream in and maybe hit me threes. I think you get more value getting games by streaming than holding on to these wildly inconsistent players. But, you know, that's my thought on it. The next one, the Wizards go down to the Nuggets 141-128. That is just a huge score. And old mate Monty Morris was back in action. 28 minutes, 20 points, 4 threes, 7 assists. It's a really good game. And as long as Beal is out, Morris is a 12-team league guy. So we immediately see that. And then we go, what happened to Jordan Goodwin? Well, he played 21 minutes. 12 points, 6 assists. That's still pretty good. But like I said, the expectation that Jordan Goodwin would play 30 minutes a night when Morris and Beal all returned was nonsense. You can keep streaming him if you like. That's not a bad line. It is just not going to last the rest of the season or really might not even last next game. Dan Gafford didn't start, but played 26 minutes. 11, 8, and 3, one steal, two blocks. Good. As long as Paul is out, he's worth the ad. Well, Taj Gibson started and played bench minutes. Cool. Good on you, Wes. Eight points for him with two steals and a block. Barton, Will Barton. No, f*** you, Will. No, he's ready to sack that. F*** you, Will. Give it off quick. Like, if you know anyone who's a Will Barton fan, first of all, I'm sorry. But secondly, you, you trade him right now. 22 points, nine assists with four threes. This is two gigantic games in a row for Barton. It is coming with Beal out. He was literally the worst player in the NBA about two weeks ago. It's a good game. Really good game. I have no faith in it at all. But what I... I probably have more faith in him than Corey Kispert, although Kispert was better. But he is one of those guys who's a three-point guy only. 16 points, four threes, nothing else. Never going to be anything else. And when Bill comes back, he loses all value too. Avdia, nine, six, and five, three steals and a block is a great category league line. It's a terrible points line. As, until Beal comes back, you can keep going with him. While Kuzma, holy crap. The free throws, he is killing you. 24 and 2 and 4 is good. 4 threes is good. 56% on 16 attempts is great. But another bad free throw night. 2 of 6. And you don't consider him a terrible free throw guy. He has put you in a real hole so far this week. There's nothing you can do about it. Because you you're don't. you not dropping him. You're not reassigning your whole team based on him being a punt free throw guy. He just happens to have been that the last two games. For the Nuggets... Yeah, fuck. 43 points for Nikola Jokic, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, and a block. 85% shooting and 90 from the line. That is a stupidly good game. The big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland. 23, 2, and 6 on 73%. Well, that's not real. His shooting numbers are through the roof, as is his usage. He remains a 12-team league guy while Maga Porter is out, but there's going to be some drop. While Brucey Brown, 13, 3, and 4, also remains a 12-teamer. KCP was pretty good. 31 minutes, 11 points, 3 steals, 1 block. I do not believe that he's a must-roster player. While this one stunk for the headmaster, he choked down four, 5 points with 4 rebounds and 6 assists on 33% shooting. He was just really bad, but he'd been playing really well before this. So don't panic or don't do anything stupid here. While Aaron Gordon, his strong season continues. 22-7-3, good field goals, good free throws. He had cooled a little bit before this game, but that is still really, really strong. While Christian Brown played a lot, I think he's a good player, but the fantasy value is not there. Eight points, one rebound, not much else. While Vlatko Chanchar and Ish Smith have gone back out of the rotation after having a little stretch of being rotation players. And let's do the last game of the night. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they fall to the Clippers in a low-scoring game, 99-88. Goose was pretty good. 
19, 7, and 3, two steals and a block. Like, it's okay. He's fallen off from that really hot streak that he had. It's all right. Gobert, again, just okay. He'd been playing pretty well, but 11 and 13 with two blocks. At least he got the blocks, but the usage was well down here. And Naz Reed in deeper leagues, there's a little bit there for like 16 teamers. 9 and 7 for him. Kyle Anderson, that's nothing great. 13, 6, and 5, especially the fact that he shot 50 from the line, but he remains a 12-team league player. Well, Jaden McDaniels, I don't think that he's a 12-team points league guy. Well, you know, the numbers would tell you that. He's averaging under 22 fantasy points. He had 6, 4, and 2. And in category leagues, you're getting by with steals and blocks. Now, today he had three steals and zero blocks. But that's really all it is. It's defensive stats only for McDaniels. Austin Rivers started with D'Angelo Russell out. He is one of the worst permanent fantasy players there is. He had five points in 29 minutes with two assists, while Jalen Noel didn't really... Where are you going, Obi? Jalen Noel didn't really take advantage. 13 and 3. Uh, in 25 minutes. There's enough stream value there for Noel, but that's probably um, about it. But not a huge amount to get excited for there if you are for the Timberwolves. For the uh, the Clippers, Paulie George, first triple-double for the Clippers, 17, 11, and 11, only 31% shooting, but good otherwise. Kawhi played 31 minutes, 19, 8, and 1, two steals and a block. It would be a really good line if he didn't shoot 39 from the field and 67 from the line. He's getting there. He's starting to get there. He's inside the top 70 over the last week. This is not perfect, but we're getting there. Batum, though, like, is he already there? He's dominating. What's going on with this bloke? 13 and 7, three threes, two steals. Top 100 over the last week. Plays again tomorrow. Good stream for tomorrow, Batum. I don't really know how much it, um, yeah, how much he's going to be long-term, but with Kawhi and Paul George back, they're just playing small a lot, and Batum is basically functioning as a center. Speaking of center, Zubats, yuck. Two points, seven rebounds, 17 minutes, 25% shooting. We knew there would be a drop-off, but this is extreme. Now, he did end this game without with an injury, knee discomfort, but he was already playing poorly prior to that. He had a groin injury, now a knee injury. Is it the injuries that's causing the problem? Is it scheme causing the problem? I don't think he's a drop yet, but Jesus Christ, he is moving towards that zone really quickly. Without John Wall, Reggie Jackson did nothing. 10 points, he's a stream for tomorrow, that's it. Marcus Morris, stream for tomorrow, that's it. 12 and 7 with a steal in on 31% shooting. These are not 12 team league players. All right, let's do the um, lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night does go to Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Your waiver wire line of the night goes to Alec Burks. The young gun is Scotland Barnes, and the dud of the night is the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. Top 10 players in category leagues today. Number one was Jokic, then Steph, despite being injured. Van Vliet at three, Lillard four, Sabonis five, Halliburton six, Scotty Barnes seven, Don Mitchell eight, Markel Fultz nine, and DeMar DeRozan ten. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Alec Burks at one. Point streamer, 14-team league guy. Kevin Knox, no. Daniel Gafford, as long as Porzingis is out. DiVincenzo, I think he's worth a grab. Jalen Williams, I think he's worth a grab. Patrick Williams, not that inspired there. Nico Batum, yeah, for tomorrow and Saturday, absolutely. Terrence Davis, only if Herter remains out. Quentin Grimes, looking like it. Looking like he could be a 12-team league guy, but it's very borderline. And Corey Kispert, no thank you. Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Jokic, then Van Vliet, Curry, Sabonis, Lillard, Fultz, Randall, Barnes, Scotty, Kelly Oubre, and De'Aaron Fox. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app for here on YouTube. You thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.